Well, we're continuing our Bible study series today, a study of some psalms. Today, we're going to look at the most famous and well-known psalm of all. In fact, this psalm is arguably the most famous, well-known passage in the Bible. Which psalm am I talking about? Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a beautiful expression of trusting confidence and reliance on the Lord, a wonderful reflection on the Lord's generous love and provision and protection for those who are His. Throughout the ages, this psalm has been a source of encouragement and comfort for people. The timeliness of this psalm for the moment that we're living in is obvious as the challenges and difficulties continue to mount in our lives over the last many months. We can certainly see how this psalm applies and is helpful for us. We can use a reminder of the Lord's goodness and His love to renew and reinforce our trust in Him. So, Psalm 23, it has two main parts. Part 1, which occupies verses 1 through 4, it pictures the Lord as a shepherd giving the best of care to his sheep. And in part 2, which occupies verses 5 and 6, it pictures the Lord as a wealthy, generous host, lavishly providing for his guest. Let's read the psalm through, and then we'll take a look at it in more detail. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go back up to verse 1, and the opening words are, The Lord is my shepherd. David, the person who is credited with writing this psalm, he worked as a shepherd before serving in the royal court and army of King Saul, and then eventually becoming king of Israel himself. So he had a great deal of first-hand knowledge and experience to draw from as he writes this psalm in which he sees the Lord as his shepherd. And he begins, it says, the Lord. The Hebrew word here translated into English as Lord is the special personal name of God that's represented by the Tetragrammaton, transliterated into English with those four letters, Y-H-W-H, and then we approximate the pronunciation of it with Yahweh or Yehovah. This is the one and only true God who has always existed, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, present everywhere, unchangeable. This is the one eternal God who spoke the entire universe into existence. This is the one being referred to by his special, personal name in this very personal, intimate way as my shepherd. That word, my, this is a word of personal relationship. When David says, the Lord is my 
shepherd. He's declaring a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. The word my is personal and it's individual. David, he didn't write, the Lord is our shepherd, making a declaration of relationship which included others. He writes instead, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes it very personal and individual and direct. Now, David, he's not suggesting that he has an exclusive relationship with the Lord that no one else can have. He didn't say, the Lord is mine alone. He's making the very important point that he has a personal, individual, intimate relationship with the Lord. And this is the kind of relationship each of us should have with the Lord. We should be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. This is not some distant, impersonal God that has set the universe in motion and then gone on about his other business. This is not some faceless, nameless force that inhabits all things and can be used for either good or bad, depending on the Jedi training that we have received. This is the true and living God who is intimately, personally involved with his creation. This is the God who has given every star a name. The God who sees every little bird that falls from its nest. The God who has numbered every hair on our heads. This is the God who knows each of us by name. He knows you. He knows me. This is a special pleasure when He hears us say, My. See, there is a a special pleasure that I personally feel when I hear one of my children refer to me saying, that is my dad. I mean, I love it when my child claims ownership of me. The Lord loves it when his children claim ownership of him too. The Lord is my shepherd. I claim the Lord as mine. I've given myself to him. I am part of his flock. His brand is on me. I am His. I enjoy being His. I'm grateful to be His. It's awesome to be His. The Lord is my shepherd and I am His sheep. And that's awesome. Is the Lord your sheep? I mean, is the Lord your shepherd? Are you His sheep? This psalm has this wonderful depth of meaning for the person who is in relationship with the Lord and can say, the Lord is my shepherd. 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 The shepherd is everything to his sheep. He's their guide, their protector, their provider, their comforter. Without the shepherd, the sheep will die. The same kind of relationship that sheep have with their shepherd, God's people have with him. The Lord is our guide, our protector, our provider, our comforter. He's he's everything to us. Without Him, we won't survive. And when I say that, I mean that in the best sort of way. To have one who loves and cares for us in such a devoted way as our shepherd is beyond wonder. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. David says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I have all that I need. I am well cared for. Psalm 34, 9, he wrote this. He says, Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, 
but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You know, the lion was looked at as the most powerful beast in the animal kingdom. He's the king of the beasts. The lion has been a symbol of strength and power throughout history. Even when others go without, the lion lives with abundance. But those who have the Lord as their shepherd enjoy abundance and strength that not even the great lion enjoys. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I ask you again, is the Lord your shepherd? In the next verses of the psalm, David elaborates on how he lacks nothing with the Lord as his shepherd. So in verse 2 he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. The shepherd, he looks for the richest, greenest meadows for his sheep to graze in. He desires to give his sheep the very best. He wants them to thrive. And in the same way, the Lord desires the very best for us. He wants us to thrive. He leads us to the greenest, richest pastures. He knows the kind of food that we grow best on. We can trust the places He takes us to. We can trust the things that He gives us and the things that He keeps from us. There are certain things that look like green pastures to you and me because we don't know any better, but our shepherd knows what's truly good and what isn't. We can trust our shepherd. Follow him. It says, he makes me lie down or rest in green pastures. This is a picture of the rest that the Lord brings to us. Look at the next phrase. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. That term quiet waters, it literally means waters of rest. Jesus, the good shepherd, he invites us to come to him and he will give us rest. Do you remember Matthew eleven twenty eight? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you're feeling overburdened and tired and beaten down by life, it's not the Lord who's doing it to you. He offers us rest for our weary souls. His burden is easy to carry. We need to lay down all of the stuff that we're lugging around and rest in the Lord. Corey Ten Boom said, If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. Psalm 36, 7 says, How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Your river of delights. Your fountain of life. Doesn't that sound great? Drink. Close your eyes for a moment and imagine a lush green field 
with a quiet stream meandering through it, and your shepherd, the Lord, leading you there and inviting you to drop the burdens that you've been carrying and lay down and rest. Hold that image as we look at the next phrase. Verse 3, he refreshes my soul. Refreshes means renews, restores, revives, brings back to life. He brings me to that quiet place of rest and security and renewal. We can find ourselves in an awful state of mind because we have wandered out from under the peace and the security of the Lord. We let the worries of this life choke the peace right out of our soul. And the Lord, our shepherd, leads us back to his green pastures and quiet waters and our peace returns. He restores my soul. Here's an illustration for you. The, the other day while I was doing some work around my house, I came across this old dried up sponge that was sitting on the shelf. It was hard and shriveled up. It didn't look like it would be good for anything anymore. But rather than just tossing it into the trash, I soaked it in water for a bit, and that tired, old, dried-up sponge, it came back to life. It swelled up, and it became soft and pliable again, and it was useful to me again. How many of us have to confess that our life looks a lot like that old, dried-up sponge. Spiritually speaking, we're all shriveled up, we're stiff, we're not very useful. But the Lord can refresh our soul with the wonderful water of the Holy Spirit and bring us back to life and usefulness. The Lord, my shepherd, he refreshes my soul. This picture here, this is what comes to mind when I think of the phrase, he refreshes my soul, being drenched in cool, refreshing water on a scorching hot day. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. The shepherd guides his sheep along right and safe paths so his sheep won't harm themselves and they are going to get to where they're meant to go. His own reputation as a shepherd is at stake. I mean, if he ends up with a flock of dead sheep because he let them wander over a cliff, it's going to reflect badly on him as a shepherd, isn't it? The Lord, he guides us along right and safe paths too to keep us from harming ourselves and others and to lead us to where we're meant to go. His word, the Bible, it gives us the right and safe path to follow. Through prayer and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we also receive guidance and we're never left alone. Learn to recognize and to follow the voice of the Lord, our shepherd. It's a very foolish sheep or person who refuses to be led and guided by the good shepherd. His guidance can be trusted. He'll never lead us into harm. He always has our very best interests at heart. 
Verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The traditional English translation that you may be familiar with says, The valley of the shadow of death in place of darkest valley. Both translations are true to the original language. The traditional translation, the valley of the shadow of death, it's a translation of the idiom that's being used here rather than the meaning of the idiom. The verse's meaning is a dark, foreboding, frightening, difficult place. Darkest valley. There are all kinds of dark valleys that we face in this life, aren't there? Financial troubles, relationship troubles, health problems, unexpected tragedy and loss of all kinds, death, hope-crushing stuff of every kind imaginable. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, the words I want us to take particular note of for a moment are, even though, even though, Darkest valleys are not necessarily out of the path that the shepherd is leading us. Dark valleys are part of life's journey. Dark valleys come as surely as the lush green pastures and the quiet waters. Facing the dark valleys of life, it's kind of like the old children's song. Look, what's up ahead? A dark valley. Can't go over it. Can't go under it, can't go around it, got to go through it. We're not exempt from difficulties and hardships and trials and suffering and loss. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the next word I want us to take particular notice of for a moment is the word through. The shepherd doesn't leave us in the dark valley. He takes us through it. The dark valley is not the end. It's not the final destination. It's helpful for us to remember when we are in the dark valley that we are going through it. We are not stopping and staying there. Our shepherd is leading us through that dark valley. We always have hope when the Lord is our shepherd. He always brings us through the dark valley. Even if our journey in this life ends with our death, it is the ultimate going through experience for us, ending in heaven itself. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So the next words that I want us to take particular note of are these. You are with me. We're able to go through the dark, distressing valley because our shepherd, the Lord, is with us. We are never alone. Notice the change in language that David uses here for referring to God when we get to this point in the psalm. In the previous verses, he uses the words, the Lord and he. And now in verse 4, he changes to this even more personal and direct word, you. He was talking about the shepherd in verses three, verses one through three, and now he's talking to the shepherd here in verse four. 
the image. It changes. When going through this darkest valley, the shepherd is not pictured ahead of David, leading him through, but instead walking beside him, escorting him, taking him hand in hand through the valley. The Lord is beside us as He takes us through the darkest valley. You, Lord, are with me. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod is a short club that was used as a weapon by the shepherd to protect the sheep. He could use it, for example, to fend off wild beasts who were seeking to attack and kill the sheep. The staff was a long stick or a pole that the shepherd would use to direct and guide the sheep. Sometimes you have seen a shepherd's staff with a hook on the end of it, which he could use in lots of different ways to get a hold of a sheep or something else that was out of arm's reach. The rod and the staff are symbols of protection and guidance. They comfort us, knowing that we are being guarded and protected and guided by our shepherd who's fully equipped to rescue us from every danger. The imagery of the psalm, it now shifts in verse 5 from that of the Lord being our shepherd to the Lord being our wealthy, generous host at a lavish banquet. And so in verse 5, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In that time and culture, sharing a meal was entering into relationship with one another, entering into covenant with one another. In this psalm, we're being invited to this beautiful feast that the Lord has prepared for us and included in that invitation to enter into, is, in, is, a, is an invitation to enter into relationship with Him, to enter into covenant with Him. The Lord is saying, come in and eat with me, friend. Let's have fellowship together. It says, in the presence of my enemies, you've prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. It's a figurative way of saying that what the Lord gives us is so awesome that it overshadows troubles and hardships and enemies. It also reminds me of Proverbs 16, 7 that says, When the Lord takes pleasure in another's way, He causes their enemies to make peace with them. When we are at peace with the Lord, peace has a way of working its way into all of our other relationships to even with our enemies, oftentimes. It says, you anoint my head with oil. Before entering into the banquet hall of a classy affair in those days, the host would have the honored guest's head anointed with this oil. It was this delicious smelling perfumed oil that was considered just one of the Coolest things in the world to have done to you at the time. It would be kind of like you being invited to this very classy banquet and where, where you are the honored guest. And before you eat, the host, he takes you and he sits you down in this big, lazy boy recliner and he gives you a massage. Just to get you ready for the banquet. 
See, the idea being expressed in the psalm is that the Lord is treating David as an honored guest, and he's pulling out all of the stops to care for him and to make him feel special. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The abundance of the Lord's table, it's overwhelming. The cup of refreshment that the Lord gives to his guests, it never runs dry. The bottom of the cup is never seen. It's always full and overflowing. The Lord is generous beyond measure. A person's cup was a figurative way to refer to one's lot in life. And the psalmist, David, he sees his life as abundantly overflowing beyond measure because of his relationship with the Lord. My cup overflows with the blessings and the goodness of the Lord. In John 4.14, Jesus said, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 6, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. The goodness and love of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life. God's covenant of love to me can be trusted and counted on all my days. God is so good to his people. Every good thing in our life has been given to us by the Lord. Remind yourself of the good that the Lord has poured into your life. Those who are the Lord's children will have goodness and love Follow them all their days. How good it is to know the Lord. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The wonderful promise and hope that we have to look forward to as his people. Not only in our life now is it an overflowing cup of abundance, but we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heaven awaits us. Heaven awaits us. Jesus said in John 14 too, he says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Christian, think about that. That you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In closing, I asked you earlier, is the Lord your shepherd? Jesus Christ is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. He died on a cross of crucifixion for you and me so that we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd who left the 99 sheep who were safely in his care to rescue the one lost sheep. We're each that one lost sheep who Jesus died for to rescue, to save, to bring into relationship with the Lord as our shepherd. Jesus is inviting you to come today and follow him as your shepherd if you've not done that already.
Acknowledge your sin, that you have been living your life on your own terms rather than His. Repent, turning away from that and turning toward Him. Put Him over your life as your shepherd rather than trying to shepherd yourself. Recognize the death of Jesus Christ on the cross as a sacrifice for your sin and ask Him to forgive you and to remove your guilt before God. Ask Him to come into your life and begin to make you into the person that He wants you to be and start following Him as your shepherd. And surely, the Lord's goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord, you are our shepherd. What an amazing, wonderful thing that is for us to be able to declare. I pray, Lord, that we would live under your care, your protection, your provision. We thank you, Lord. Shepherd us. In Jesus' name, amen.